0: Hello, my friend, and praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Frank King. Thank you for joining me today. And greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, today I want to talk about your neighborhood. The question is, who is your neighbor? According to the Bible, we should love our neighbor as we love ourselves but in the eyes of God who is our neighbor for this episode I will be ministering from Luke chapter 10 and I will be using the New American Standard Bible if you want to study along with me who is your neighbor Almost all of us belong to some form of a neighborhood. I say it that way because it's possible that someone listening to this episode lives in an isolated area with no one else within at least a mile in any direction. You would be the exception to what I'm saying. The truth is, I don't know most of my neighbors you might say that my wife is more neighborly than i am at least based on our concept of what it means to be a neighbor you see sometimes when we hear or read what the bible says we bring to bear upon the bible our idea of what god means and we may not be right We may not even be close to right. That's the broader point of the message today. You see, I'm teaching on who is your neighbor, but I'm also using this message to underscore how we have preconceived notions about what God means by what he says. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus challenges our idea of who is our neighbor. The occasion for this teaching is found in verse 25. It reads, And a lawyer stood up and put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? As for the lawyer spoken of here, we're not talking about a lawyer as in an attorney. But the word here refers to a doctor of Jewish law. This man was skilled in the law, but he asked Jesus the question to put him to the test. Instead of answering the man's question, Jesus responded with another question. He asked the man, what is written in the law? And what is your understanding of what it says? And here's what the man said according to verse 27. He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus says to the man, your answer is right. Now go and live it. In other words, go and love your neighbor as yourself. But that's where we run into a problem. Remember when I said at the beginning, sometimes when we hear or read what the Bible says, we bring to bear upon the Bible... Our personal idea of what God means and we may not be right. Well, in verse 29, that's where we are. The lawyer has a view of who his neighbor is and he wants Jesus to affirm that view. Listen to verse 29. But wishing to justify himself. He said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? So, Jesus answers the man's question with a parable. He tells him about a man heading from Jerusalem to Jericho. On his journey, he fell among robbers who robbed him, beat him, and left him for dead. The first person to come by and see the wounded man is a priest. Now, the priest is the religious leader. He is the one who comes before God on behalf of the people. Surely, he would help a wounded man left for dead. But no, Jesus says when the priest saw the wounded man he passed by on the other side leaving the man there the next person to see the wounded man lying there was a Levite now the Levites represent the priestly tribe they were in charge of the services of the temple they were funded by the tithes of the people Surely they would stop to help a wounded man left for dead, you would think. But no, Jesus said the Levite looked on the man and passed on the other side as well. Finally, a Samaritan passes by and sees the wounded man. Now, Samaritans have no dealings with the Jews. Samaritans were not in covenant with God. But the Samaritan was the one who came to the wounded man's aid, bandaged him up, put him on his own beast, took him in town to the innkeeper, and paid him some money to take care of the wounded man, and said, If I owe you any more, I will pay you that when I return." So after telling this parable, Jesus turns to the man who asked him the initial question and says to him, which of these three proved to be a neighbor to the wounded man? And in verse 37, the lawyer says, the one who showed mercy on him. And Jesus replied, you go and do likewise. So, in this teaching, Jesus expands the meaning of our neighbor. Our neighbor is not only the people who live in our definition of the neighborhood, but it can also be a stranger that's down and out and that we meet along the way. When that's the case, we should do for the person the very things we would want someone to do for us If the table were turned, and that's what Jesus was telling the lawyer. Really, this teaching of Jesus is so in your face. Think about this. There are certain people that I don't want living in my neighborhood. For instance, I don't want child predators living in my neighborhood, or rapists, or drug dealers. And I'm sure I could come up with a few more, but you get my point. All of us have criteria that we use to assess a neighborhood in terms of where we would like to live. You may choose it based on the quality of the neighborhood schools, for instance. You might even consider the economic status of those in the neighborhood that's our right since we are going to have to pay the money to live in the neighborhood but here's the point even those people i mentioned that i don't want to live in my neighborhood can end up being my neighbor in the future at least for an instance that's the point jesus was making to the lawyer and jesus challenged The lawyer's narrow-minded view of who his neighbor was. The Bible has a way of challenging our traditional views, our preconceived notions, and our narrow-minded or hypocritical views. The word of the Lord will at times stretch us beyond boundaries that we are not comfortable crossing. And that's why Jesus was viewed as a troublemaker when he came on earth. Before he came, the religious leaders of his day were steeped in traditions, narrow mindedness, a false sense of superiority and their personal views that they were teaching for doctrine. And Jesus came on earth and ripped it all apart with the truth. They were so mad at him, they even tried to stone him to death in the temple. Now, let's expand our conversation. God's view on who is our neighbor is not the only area where our view on something can be vastly different from what his view is. You know, we can read our Bible and see what God is saying, But what we think about what God is saying may not be tracking with what God meant. When God opens our eyes about things, we have to bring our thinking in line with God's thinking. That's why the Bible says we must be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, remember what the Bible says about this lawyer. He asked Jesus, who is my neighbor because he wanted to justify his idea of who his neighbor was. But you see, oftentimes, the purpose of the Bible is not to validate the way we think, but to challenge the way we think. Now think about this. In Jesus' parable, the ones who passed the wounded man by were the priest and the Levite. They were the spiritual leaders in Jesus' day. But the person who acted the most godly or the most Christ-like was a Gentile, a Samaritan, someone who was not among God's chosen people. Now this is real. You see, sometimes the people who never attend church Act more Christ-like, more neighborly than the people of God do. So, as we reflect on this episode, I believe a fair question we should ask ourselves is when we leave the house of God and go back into society, do we treat others the way we would want to be treated if we were in their shoes? That's what it means. To love your neighbor as yourself. Wow, what an awesome teaching by our Lord Jesus. And that brings us to the end of this message. I hope that you were blessed as we talked about who is your neighbor. And until next time, this is Evangelist Frank King saying, May heaven's best be yours.